This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cutmore. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of the city of Albany. We begin with constituent questions for Mayor Sheehan. Our first question is about crows. The person uh, writes, There is a massive crow problem in my backyard on Chestnut Street downtown. The neighbors are going crazy, and me too, because the crows seem to have wised up to our usual scare tactics, such as clapping and taking pictures with a flash. I know the state the state did something about it last year. Just wanted to log a complaint so something can be done again. This is a familiar complaint to me, Mayor, from my years up in the Mohawk Valley, up in city of Amsterdam where I grew up. I mean, this crows are a constant problem. What what do you advise here? Well, when they decide that they're going to spend the winter in your backyard, they really are a problem. But the city approaches this. We 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 work with uh, wildlife services, uh, part of the Department of Agriculture. And we do uh, use tactics, they're non-lethal tactics, to disperse the crows that are roosting on vacant lots or mm-hmm. um, in areas. I know we do uh, some some of this right across uh, from City Hall in, in Academy Park. Mm-hmm. So if this individual, you know, the, the crows are going to start to disperse now that spring is here. Um, but what you really want to do is prevent them from roosting in the first place. So this individual can contact Joe Giebelhaus. He's with our Department of General Services. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his number is 869-3651. Again, 869-3651 to see if they are in a location that we could get them on the list for next year when we do the crow dispersal. Okay. Uh, the second constituent question has to do with blight. Uh, the uh, constituent writes, vacant properties spawn blight and crime. With that in mind, there are over seven vacant properties along the numerous for sale and rent signs found through the mixed-use Lark Street neighborhoods of Arbor Hill, Center Square, Washington Park, and Hudson Park. What are your ideas to turn our Lark Street area neighborhoods around? What are you and your administration doing to stop the current decline of the Lark Street area? Well, the Lark Street area, depending on where you are on Lark Street, um, really is a very vibrant neighborhood. So we have a lot of great activity that's happening on Lark Street, you know, mainly between uh, Madison and um, and Central Avenue or Washington Avenue, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, and then there are challenges as Lark Street moves um, from Washington to Clinton. We did a great uh, door-to-door effort uh, on that stretch of Lark Street um, back in the fall. Um, we'll be doing it again in the spring, um, trying to get people out, doing a cleanup, understanding what their needs are. We also have uh, a, a lot of activity in that uh, Lark Street and Clinton area uh, with the land bank. Mm-hmm. So the land bank is in the process of rehabbing some of those vacant buildings. The city is in the process of contributing towards the rehabilitation of some of those other buildings there. So that's really a target area for the land bank um, and the efforts that they are undertaking, again, in partnership with uh, Habitat for Humanity um, and some of the homeownership opportunities that uh, they are are providing on Sheridan um, and on Orange Street now that are just off of Lark Street. So, you know, that is an area of the city that is getting a lot of attention. Okay. Let's talk about presidential politics. The mayor of Albany, Kathy Sheehan, is a Democrat. Uh, She said on the program before that she's supporting Hillary Clinton. I wanted to get your reaction to the latest uh, 
primary election results. Earlier in the week, uh, Clinton won in Ohio, Florida, North Carolina. Bernie Sanders continues on, and uh, as we record this, uh, Missouri was still up for grabs. Donald Trump has taken North Carolina, Illinois, Florida. Marco Rubio's dropped out, but uh, Trump has lost Ohio to John Kasich. Uh, Kasich, I should say, Ted Cruz still in the race. What do you think? Well, first, I want to give a shout out to my home state of Ohio for um, being a state going against the tide and not nominating Trump well, in the true. Republican I, primary. Yeah, I, I, I um, forgot that. You're but, from uh, Ohio, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that Hillary Clinton is doing very well and that she will be the nominee of the Democratic Party. I think that Bernie Sanders, um, you know, I, I think that he has been a very... Um, uh, a voice for people who feel as though they haven't been heard. Um, but I also think that Hillary Clinton really embraces many of the same ideals that um, that Bernie Sanders has been talking about. And so he has been an important voice in this campaign. Um, but I do believe that Hillary is going to be successful in being the nominee. And it looks that way now. Um, you know, she has mm-hmm. won major primaries. And uh, I think that, you know, that she will be the nominee. And a political leader, and you're from Ohio, why is Ohio so important? I mean, they, they call it, don't they, the birthplace of presidents or something like that? It is. It's uh, it's interesting. I think that Ohio, when you think about where it is geographically um, and the number of large cities in Ohio, you know, you have Cleveland and Columbus among mm-hmm. two of the largest cities uh, in the country, as well as Cincinnati. Um, and, you know, Cincinnati is, you know, really uh, in the southern part of the state um, and has a, a really a very different feel to it than the northern part of the state. So I think it is one of those states that maybe represents sort of a cross-section of the country and has been a, a big determining state in presidential uh, elections for, for decades. Recent Donald Trump rallies have had violent episodes with protesters clashing uh, with the supporters of the of the candidate. Uh, you've been in similar situations yourself, you know, uh, with the loud uh, protests. Um, how do you think political figures should handle this? Well, I think it's very important that political figures demonstrate uh, the type of behavior and the type of expectations that we have for people uh, when they come out and when they gather. Uh, You know, this is a country where people have the freedom to protest, but that protest should never spill into violence or vitriol. And so I think it's really important for elected officials to uh, really uh, demonstrate the type of behavior that they expect of their followers and their supporters. Um, You know, I have been in situations where people have screamed and shouted and been very, very angry, um, and I don't return that anger with anger. I think it's very important to demonstrate respect and constraint, um, and that that is what, uh, particularly if you have people in an audience who are are upset against one another and where violence could erupt between or among people in Mm -hmm. in a room, um, that it takes leadership to try to calm that situation. Okay. Let me ask you about uh, St. Patrick's Day and the St. Patrick's Day parades and family-friendly uh, festival last weekend. They were pretty successful in Albany. It, it was great. Uh, we really had a huge crowd. Uh, for many people who've been going to the parade for decades, they said that they think it was really among the largest crowds they've ever seen. Um, it was uh, a lot of kids in the crowd, a lot of people that were out. Uh, it was just a great day. The The weather was beautiful, and it was a great parade. The um, museum, the, the Irish American Heritage Museum, 
hosted the first family fun festival, Irish festival. It was across from City Hall. And starting at noon, they said they literally had, you know, over the course of the day, thousands of people come through. Uh, the vendors were thrilled mm. and, you know, asked if they could sign up again for next year. They really want to make sure that they're on the list for next year. So that event was a huge hit. And I'm hopeful that it will be making that an annual event every year. Well, there are probably other events coming before this, but one big event that's coming up in Albany is the Albany Tulip Festival, which I gather has been taking place longer than there's been a St. Patrick's Day parade. That's right. It's been around for many, many years. And, you know, we should probably maybe do a show on the Tulip Festival. Mm-hmm. I can bring in um, the uh, our special events office and we can talk about all things Tulip. It's coming up. Um, it, it May will be here before we know it. But uh, a lot of things are being finalized, including uh, who the uh, you know musical acts are going mm-hmm. to be and what the uh, the day is going to be like. And you're looking for volunteers and also nominations for the Tulip Queen and her court. That's right. And so the Tulip Queen uh, interviews are going on now for the Tulip Queen in court. Um, but we also are always looking for volunteers who can help out. During the Tulip Festival, it is, uh, as I said, May 7th and 8th. It's been going on for 68 years. So, uh, you know, now is the time. And if people are interested in being a volunteer, um, they can email volunteer at albanyny.gov. Uh, they can call us at 434-5411. Uh, and again, we're looking for um, for volunteers. There was a story on News Channel 13 recently about LEAD, an Albany police initiative. It stands for Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion. The program will start uh, April 1st and will give officers the ability to connect low-level offenders with caseworkers and services instead of always locking people up. Uh, What are your hopes for LEAD? Well, my hopes for LEAD is that we stop using law enforcement for uh, as a way of trying to deal with societal issues that plague neighborhoods, uh, you know, across the country, but certainly many of the neighborhoods in the city of Albany. Um, and, you know, President Obama spoke to mayors about this. You know, we we try to use the police um, to deal with issues that we need to really be dealing with in our health care system and in our mental health system. So it's my hope that we stop punishing people who have uh, addiction issues, that we stop punishing people who have mental health issues by throwing them in jail. We need to provide services. When uh, Police Chief Brendan Cox was on the program some time back, he called for raising the age for criminal responsibility from 16 to 18. But I see that the president of the chiefs of police out in western New York, a man named Patrick Phelan from uh, Greece, which is near Rochester, says the emphasis uh, should be on outreach to young people to prevent crime instead of raising the age of responsibility. And Phelan says that family courts are unprepared for an influx of defendants up to 18 years of age. What's your reaction to Phelan's concerns? Well, I I just, uh, you know, I completely disagree. I mean, I think to say that the family courts aren't ready is, is you know, really um, not uh, fair to 16 and 17-year-olds who are being tried as adults in this state. We are one of only two states in the country that mandate that 16 and 17-year-old children be tried and treated as adults. And just because they have a separate entrance to the jail 
doesn't mean that their experience is not devastating and does not result in their entire life chances and opportunities being taken away from them at the ages of 16 and 17. These are children. In other states, it is optional for 16 and 17-year-olds to be tried as adults. And there are absolutely some circumstances where that is warranted, but it is not mandated. And so we can do better. This is, again, the same way as saying we're going to arrest people um, for having mental health issues or for having addiction issues. We need to put the structures in place so that we can treat people justly. Um, you know, I when I saw that about the, the family courts not being ready, our family courts are ready. Our family courts deal with these issues in these cases all the time. If we need to direct more resources to our family courts, we will be able to do that because we'll have fewer of these 16 and 17-year-old children in our adult courts. You know, it's sort of like saying when we started, we couldn't can't put women on juries because we didn't have women's restrooms in the courthouses. You know, we've got to figure this out. And it is the right thing to do. It is the just thing to do. We are devastating children's lives by having a policy that is in in every other state except for, I believe it's South Carolina, that they've gotten this right. This is Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. If you want to uh, ask a question of the mayor, you can uh, email your questions to askkathy with a K at albanyny.gov. Uh, you spoke uh, during the past week to the Capital District Planners Association. Uh, what were some of the uh, things that you talked about with them? Well, you know, we really talked about the city's approach to planning. I pointed out some successful plans that we've had in the city, the Park South plan that really spurred a significant development that is continuing. Right now we have 268 market rate apartments going up in Park South. That's a plan that started with affordable housing, um, and we're really creating a mixed-income neighborhood. And it really turned an entire part of the city around. It had been a place that had been one of the highest call volumes for our police, and that's really completely been uh uh, changed in that neighborhood. And so I really talked to them about how when we plan with the community in mind, with the community at the table, we have been successful. And so I showed them some of the successes from the planning that's been done, not only in Park South, but in the South End and in Arbor Hill. One place where planning is uh, going on is on Madison Avenue from South Allen Street to Lark Street. Uh, the goal is to make uh, Madison Avenue safer for pedestrians, cyclists, and drivers, what are the plans? Well, you know, Madison Avenue is one of the unsafest streets we discovered in our city. Um, a high number of accidents. Uh, it is not a street where pedestrians feel particularly comfortable crossing the street. It's certainly not a street that bicyclists feel comfortable bicycling on. And so the plan is to calm the traffic on Madison Avenue by creating one lane of travel in each direction with a turning lane in the center. Uh, we also discovered that we have room to provide dedicated bike lanes that will be marked uh, along that stretch so that we're, again, calming traffic down, making people's commutes um, safer, making our pedestrians safer. It's going to include some changes in the timing of the lights um, so that those lights are more synchronized so that we can really just uh, have a... a the flow of traffic along Madison Avenue that really is beneficial to all users of that street. Is this being done now or is this in the future? It's, we are hope to be starting. We have to uh, submit paperwork to the New York State Department of Transportation to get final sign-off. But our hope is that we will see this transformation uh, this construction season. 
In order to accommodate people applying for exemptions from the new uh, waste collection fee for small apartment buildings in Albany, uh, the City Department of Buildings and Regulatory Compliance will be open into the early evening on several nights in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, who qualifies for an exemption? Well, uh, the exemptions apply if somebody hires a private hauler. They have to bring in that contract. Um, if somebody can find a more cost-effective alternative for removing their garbage, uh, they're certainly able to do that, and they'd have to uh, provide that contract, and then they would be exempt from the fee. If the building isn't used as a residence, so it doesn't require a residential occupancy permit, some people may have a two-family house, um, and they don't use that second residence as uh, uh, or that second building as a uh, rental unit. Um, they may use it as a home office. Um, if the property's vacant, they have to make sure that they're in compliance with the vacant building registry, but that would also be exempt. And then anybody who receives the um, star, the senior star exemption, the enhanced star exemption, would also be exempt. Um, so uh, if it's um, and, it, and if it's if, if it's occupied by the owner, mm-hmm. um, so those are some of the exem- exemptions. They're going to be open until seven o'clock. Um, on Monday, March 21st, and Thursday, March 31st, and then again on Tuesday, April 5th. You can go to the city website if you did receive a bill in the mail for the fee, and there's a lot of information that was also provided with those bills. Time for some uh, talk of the town uh, shout-outs. Uh, Albany uh, has lost a great doctor, you wrote on your Facebook page, Patriot Man of Faith uh, doctor who was also a colonel, Syed Haki. That's right. And, uh, you know, he was certainly somebody who had a tremendous impact in the community, and we were very sorry for his loss. And he was at Albany Medical College, I believe. That's right. Um, Also, um, with young people, the Albany City Schools had a production of Once on This Island. I guess it was very good. It was, uh, I believe, sold out for every performance, people waiting to get in. It was just remarkable. The, The talent in this school district you know it's not just on the athletic field you know i had a shout out to the uh albany girls high school team who went really far this season um but it's also on the stage and and i you know i i would love to uh take this production and and put it on the stage at park playhouse or anywhere in the city so that everyone in the city could see it um it really it was first of all just the the acting and the singing was outstanding highly professional Uh, you know i would encourage anyone in albany when you see that there's a high school production go to it you will see some of the highest quality highest caliber performances that you can imagine and again, it really showcases what is going on and what is so great about this school district. Was it, I mean, were there students younger than high school in it too or no? There was a, a student because there was a, a role for a child in the mm-hmm. play. Um, so there was a, a student who was younger than high school who was in this performance. She was outstanding. The entire cast was outstanding. Um, you know, it was it, it was very moving. It's It was a, a story and, a, and a, a performance that literally moved people to tears. Yeah, you can really get a lot of emotion out of young young actors. I, I commended the actors because they truly acted. I mean, their emotions, their, um, you know, their talent was, it, it was moving. Um, they really felt this story. It's a very compelling story, a very compelling play. Um, and you could see that in, in the performance. And it was, uh, it was phenomenal. 
And uh, not exactly a, a shout out, but I wanted to get your opinion on this because we've talked about your pet dogs over of the <laughs> life of this program. Yes. And two members of the state legislature, one a Republican, Senator Kathy Marchione, another a Democrat, Assemblyman Angelo Santa Barbara, want to make Mark, March 13th Canine Veterans Day, joining states like New Jersey and Florida that have already picked that day to honor the service of military and police dogs. Apparently that's the date, or March 13th, when the Army Canine Corps was uh, was formed. Uh, do you support this uh, endeavor? Well, I mean, there's bipartisan support for it, and I know that the canines that we have in Albany, they they live with their handlers. Um, they uh, get a great workout down at the farm, the Norman Skill Farm, where we also keep our horses. Uh, when we are working with young people in our cadet program, um, and then they also have a job. You know, we use them as uh, you know they they are bomb sniffing dogs, drug sniffing dogs. Um, you know, we use them in, in different um, police situations. And so uh, I think that they absolutely deserve to be honored. Now, your family dog is Odell, right? Odell, yeah. yes. And he's doing pretty well. He's doing pretty well. We're still training him. He's got three more training sessions left, mm-hmm. um, but his manners are improving. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Another shout out. Three uh, young men who came through the city of Albany Department of Recreation Youth Opportunity Office are now at the state level, something called the Excelsior Conservation Corps. So that, that's that's right, and I really want to thank uh, Governor Cuomo and the state for this program because it's really a tremendous opportunity, and for us to have three young people participating in that opportunity is is quite an honor, and it's it's a great opportunity for them. And I look forward to those three young people coming back um, from that program and sharing it with other young people in the city, talking about what they learned and really using the leadership skills that they are learning. Uh, in what they do here in the city of Albany.